Yun, kamusta mga kameta? Narinig niyo ba ako? Ayan, nandito tayo sa airport. Ayan na naman. Back to the hectic schedule again. Nakapag-relax tayo ng konti. So maraming salamat guys dun sa mga nakikinig sa atin. Nanood sa atin kahit nasa on the road tayo. Of course, kahapon actually plano natin na magbigay ng uh, commentaries uh, dun sa mga latest na bagay na nangyari. Especially of course, our condolences. Uh, to our British uh, friends, um, you know, some of us have, of course, family members even there and more, uh, and loved ones, um, of course, for the passing of uh, Queen Elizabeth. You can call her Elizabeth the Great, of course, in some ways. Um, so, mayo pag-usapan natin yung siguro yung legacy niya, what her legacy really means for leadership in the 21st century. Ako talaga I got. I got much more interested really in the royalties uh, of Britain. I mean, I, I really don't like royalties and all that much because most of them are just, you know what I'm going to say, right? Alam nyo na yan. I'm, I'm very Republican, modern in terms of my political outlook. So I tend to look at monarchies as kind of an outdated and some of them as even predatory. But let's be fair, constitutional monarchs, ibang usapan yan. They're much more ceremonial. They're much more spiritual, in fact, in certain ways. And in the case of United Kingdom, pagtitignan nyo yung uh, case ng United Kingdom, not only were there constitutional monarchs, but most especially under uh, the late queen uh, of, of the United Kingdom, you had very responsible uh, leadership. Uh, in fact, if there's one thing that uh, Queen Elizabeth embodies is, is really quiet dignity and... Uh, sincere um, uh, commitment to our obligations. Especially kung panoorin niyo yung um, The Crown no? nung series na Netflix, which I think is a BBC film, so it's really based on extensive research uh, and studies and interviews. Makikita niyo talaga na how committed Queen Elizabeth has been uh, or was for that matter uh, dun sa kanyang um, duties as the uh, head of state of um, of not only the United Kingdom, but also uh, across the Commonwealth, you know, uh, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in Australia, etc. You know? So, I don't know. I mean, there was just something about her legacy that I think should tell us a thing or two about what a leader should be in the 21st century. In fact, uh, even President Obama was one of the big fans of those series of Crown, in Crown series on Netflix, uh, because... I think Obama and many good leaders of our times, not perfect, uh, not 100% competent, but relatively good leaders like Obama, I think they're, they like this old-fashioned notion of the servant of the people because that's how the queen actually described herself, you know, a servant of the people. Um, and she used, in fact, that words. And if you look at her, she was not only this kind of a... Uh, monarch or her- hereditary leader but she was very adaptive she was very flexible in a good sense she was very modern she was very humble in many ways no one is perfect of course uh, and at the end of the day the British Empire did horrible things around the world there's no question about that especially to colored people uh, from India you know they really enervated India uh, hundreds of billions of dollars were really sucked out of India to Persia uh, to parts of the Middle East, uh, Africa, 
Caribbean, etc. Of course, the British Empire had a lot of its own crime, so I, I never bought into that whole empire nonsense, right? As far as Britain is concerned, I mean, they want to tell themselves all sorts of good things, but they were an exploitative empire, right? Now, in fact, interestingly, ang Pilipinas po ay naging kasama dun sa British Empire very shortly dun sa First Battle of Manila, not the Second World War, not the one when Aguinaldo was at the doors of Manila, but the one during the Seven Years' War, right? When Spain and France were kind of aligned, and then United Kingdom uh, was against uh, Spain, of course, during that time, and the United Kingdom actually was able to beat Spain during that war, uh, and was able to occupy the Philippines, especially Manila, for a few years. No, so for a few years, guys, we were actually part of the British Empire, at least Luzon area in Manila. And interestingly, if you guys know a little bit about history, this was also the time that there will be a major transition dunsa monarchy in the United Kingdom. Because as you may know, the monarchy in the United, in the United Kingdom, similar to the last czars of Russia, there was a Germanic uh, side to that, Germanic line to that. Uh, in the case of Russia, it was thanks to Catherine the Great, who oversaw, of course, the expansion of Russian Empire during the Seven Years' War at the expense of Frederick the Great and Prussia and some of the uh, newcomers, and not to mention the Ottomans, Osmania. Um, but the Seven Years' War was also important uh, because just when the UK actually was in charge of the Philippines, although for only a few years before the Spanish were able to take it back, together with the friend, uh, together with Creoles and the let's say, proto-illustrados in the case of the Philippines, right? Um, actually, that was also the time that a Hanoverian, the King George I, will be the king of the United Kingdom, right? And it's from that King George, right? Yung descendants niya, andyan galing sila Queen Elizabeth. So there's a Germanic side to them, the same way that there was a Germanic side uh, to Russia. That's why if you talk to our German friends, they'll make all sorts of jokes about European monarchies. Like all of them came from these different houses, from these small German uh, principalities. Catherine was a uh, middling princess from some little, play, uh, little aristocracy in Germany and she became the Catherine Great of Russia. Uh, George was some Hanoverian guy and next thing you know, he's the king of the entire United Kingdom, right, of, in the British Empire. So that's very interesting. I just noticed that a while ago when I was thinking about it. You know, just when the Philippines was uh, part of the British Empire, uh, that was when also there will be a transition towards essentially uh, Germanic people, right? Mountbatten, okay. Um, taking over, uh, becoming essentially the royalties of German uh, of, of 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 UK. Now, of course, the Germ the German thing would later on come back in many forms. Uh, of course, during the First World War, the thing is, cousins lahat, yung, yung uh, Wilhelm II of Prussia was cousin of uh, the, uh, the, the King of England during that time, of Britain during that time, and also cousin of, uh, of the Russian Tsar, Nicholas II during that time. I mean, there are all sorts of interesting things, but things get actually a little bit weird the Second World War, because King Edward, who was the one who will eventually abdicate because of love, because he was insisting on uh, marrying a divorcee, which was kind of a big no-no uh, for the royalty within the context of them also being the head of the Church of England. 
you should know about that, right? I mean, if you watch Netflix, you'll know that, or you can uh, read biographies about that. So he abdicated. And this is where also you have to understand that Queen Elizabeth was an accidental queen in a sense that her father, George, who was very much the uh, center of that beautiful movie, The King's Speech, no? Kung King's Speech. The father was not supposed to be the king, you know, it was really Edward. But when Edward abdicated, the father took over. And then, in fact, among the sisters, right, it was not Elizabeth who really wanted it. It was the other sister, right, the more fancy, fancy one. But eventually, it fell upon her uh, to become the queen. So even though she was an accidental queen, right, of the United Kingdom, uh, and even though she became the queen of the United Kingdom in very difficult moment, I mean, can you imagine that? Um, she became the queen of the United Kingdom after all the controversy that her uncle created, not only his abdication, but also his flirtation with Nazi Germany. I mean, this is, this is openly out there. You can, guys check it out so we're not like I mean all respect but that was a big big problem yeah so that was a big issue there yeah so Edward Duke of Windsor no yeah so there were accusations now you know so there's a there's a vanity fair in fact piece here which uses inside traitor king in the case that Edward the eighth was, you know, so you can check this article. Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but there are th those articles. So anyway, like, so you can imagine how difficult the situation was. She was an accidental queen. Her father was an accidental king, but pinanindigan nilayan all the way. And then she became the queen after Second World War, when the British Empire was falling apart internally because of economic implosion but externally because in the case of the united kingdom they were losing all of their colonies the empires were was falling apart so she was a queen that essentially oversaw the process of decolonization and the increasing independence of huge parts of the british empire so later on malaysia then of course singapore separates from the malaysian federation then you're talking kenya nigeria of course the situation to it Mamma mia, ito na naman, nag-disconnect na naman tong ano natin, sorry ah. Alam mo, kahapon actually guys, I wanted to reach out to you guys, but I completely had no, I mean, nawala yung internet natin eh. Unang-una, nawala yung wifi, which is weird because Spain has an absolutely great wifi. It's even better than the wifi I had in, uh, in, in Korea or Japan or Taiwan, etc. Amazing, and then boom, suddenly the wifi is not working, I don't know why. And at the same time, yung data was a globe. Biglang hindi gumagana or naubusan, and then I couldn't refresh it and make it ano. So shout out naman Jan kay May at sa mga kaibigan natin Jan sa Globe for helping us out. Lahing problema yun dahil may may klase tayo sa UP, so pasensya din sa mga graduate student natin. Biglang naubusan tayo ng data, so I was not so major may disruptions din dun technical disruptions. Ayan, shoutout natin yung mga tumulong sa atin. <coughs> ayan, ayan, wait lang ah. Si Pau Rivera, no? Ayan, head ng, ayan. Si Sir uh, Pau Rivera, maraming salamat sa Globe for figuring things out. Kasi at least I was able to get back to work and send the readings and assignments and everything dun sa ating mga estudyante. Sa UP, ayan, I'm so glad uh, that of course I'm kind of back in my alma mater and contributing there so anyway getting back to this 
At least naayos natin itong internet. I hope nandun po kayo. No, I was saying, like, she became queen in a very, very difficult moment for Britain. Concerned that she was an accidental queen. Her father was an accidental king. There was all of the scandals that Edward uh, created prior to his abdication, during his abdication, and, if, and after his abdication all the way, right? They kept on creating scandals and crises and headaches and problems for, yeah, for the for the royalty and for the queen. Now, going back again, she had to oversee also a very difficult time, very, very difficult time, where when the British Empire was falling apart. Now, of course, that was good for us, the colored people who were colonists and, yeah, down to the empire and colonizers. Nonetheless, it was very difficult for her domestically. The other thing that was very difficult also for Queen Elizabeth is that they, she had to um, adjust to the new ecosystem, information ecosystem, to the new media landscape. And in fairness to her, starting with her Christmas address, if I'm not mistaken, in 1958, she, was, she began systematically reaching out to the people, saying that, you know, yes, it, might be, it may be true that all of you will have a chance to meet me in person, but here I am, at least let me have this few moments directly communicating with you, right? Uh, and since then, from 1958, her address, a very passionate, a very humble, a very, um, I would say, relatable address that she gave in 1950. I think you can find it on YouTube, her address in 1958. Um, from then on, she really made an effort and she went the extra mile to reach out to the people, right? And to essentially make the case for a monarchy that was facing existential crisis. Like people were asking, do we still need a monarchy? After everything that we went through, do we do do we need these people spending millions of dollars just maintaining their big palaces? You know, uh, and after all, they're more ceremonial than actual uh, powers. But you know, even ceremonial power is power nonetheless, right? So, and then of course later on, things get even more and more difficult for her family when all of these scandals hit the family, right? So, the situation with now King Charles. Right, uh, concerns with infidelity, infidelity, uh, infidelity, infidelity uh, with adultery, and then of course the situation with Princess Diana, and then the divorce that was extremely difficult for the family. In early 1990s, I mean, the Queen had to make an address and essentially ask for the sympathy of people, and later on, when Princess Diana passed away, of course there was a complete outpour of uh, grief by people in Britain all around the world. Initially though, the family was silent. They hid behind the veil of silence. They came uh, a lot under criticism. At Basel Salam natin, uh, back then, Prime Minister Tony Blair advised the Queen to not retreat into silence, but actually come out and show human compassion and sympathy, not to be aloof. And I believe what she does next should be a lesson for all sorts of leaders in our era. The idea that you're above the fray, that you, want, you don't want to show emotions, blah, 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 it doesn't work. Because even the Queen of, Queen of England, you know, even in England, which are very, they can be quite snob, especially their elite, right? She eventually comes out and she bows her head nung yung katawan ni, uh, ni Diana was passing by. No? So a, a, a queen bowing her head, even slightly, that was really a gesture of humility and compassion and that was that allowed um, the royal family and the queen to turn things around because there was a lot of uh, 
negative sentiments towards them nung tingin ng tao they were being a bit aloof uh, and not showing enough compassion when uh, Princess Diana passed away now as if that was enough as if that 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 were enough and then you have now the situation with uh, her grandson right with Harry and that Hollywood wife he has and of course it got out of hand because there were even accusations of racism etc but we know the truth is really far more complicated than that. We got to know about all of the high-strung stunts that some person was pulling off, the high expenses, the renovations of their palace, etc. And then, of course, the pro-royalist would say that someone realized that, oh, her children would actually not be in line because they're far behind in the pecking order because actually it will be uh, William will take over at saka yung tatlong anak niya so like barely number 5 right si Harry and now barely number 4 si Harry no? um, because King Charles has taken over and then it will be William right William next kamukha ko daw si William bakit na siya sabi yan yeah. anyway si William yung mas guwapeng si baka mukha niya yung mommy niya si Harry yung mukha niya daddy niya but anyway um so that that becomes a big problem. But the other one is, of course, some of you have been pointing out this Jung Kai Epstein and the connection. Of course, there's a Trump there, but let's not go get there. The Epstein and then Prince Andrew, which, by the way, interestingly, if you look at the um, some studies and also you watch The Crown, I think season three or four, sorry for spoiler alert. Parang si Andrew yatang favorite anak niya Favorite. Charles walang gusto sa kanya. Ay sa kanya asawa niya, ay sa kanya tatay niya, ay sa kanya nanay niya, no? Uh, but I think Andrew was the favorite, right? Was the favorite of the mom, if I'm not mistaken. And then, of course, Andrew becomes um, embroiled dito sa Epstein, filthy rich party, even accusation of pedophilia, etc. Yung mga ganun. So, yung, yung association na yan uh, was big enough for her to actually push for the motion and essentially internal exile for Andrew. So time and again we saw that when Queen Elizabeth faced crises and scandals, she always prioritized her role as the voice of stability. And we also saw that at moments, there were moments where she was willing to actually punish her children or to sideline them in order to hold the line, hold the line for the entire kingdom. and also to for the crown, right? So she plays the interest of the public. She plays her duties as a queen, even beyond, well beyond personal emotions and family. Now imagine you yung situation sa Pilipinas. Now, bakit mahalaga yun? Kasi sa Pilipinas, aminin natin, marami, unang-una, political dynasties dominate us. And second, political dynasties, let's be honest, mostly are for their own interests than for the country. I mean, and it's not their fault necessarily. It's just because of our culture. In our culture, the tribe, the family always comes before the realm, right? Sining dalawa na yung kasama ni Littlefinger sa Game of Thrones, yung kalbo, Varys, diba? Yung si Varys at saka, diba Varys kipon say, I'm here for the realm, right? You need people to think like that because if everyone thinks about kampi-kampian, good luck na lang sa sa buong kingdom, diba? So, Occasion after occasion, we saw the queen chose the interests of the realm even above 
her own family's interest, even at the expense of her relations with her favorite son or with her grandson or, or with the king-in-waiting and the heir apparent. I mean, yeah, so Lord Varys is one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones, if not one of my favorite characters ever, and I think he's one of the best quotable characters. Like, when he talks about power, he's about shadow. And the funny thing is that if you listen to Lord Varys and all, you would think that it's just some cynical nonsense. Yung pala, these are very smart people who put their brains to good use, right? For the interests of the realm. So they're sleazy, um, they are scheming, but that's because they want to survive so that they can be the responsible ones, the adult in the room to hold the realm together. That's very interesting. I mean, that's what I love about Game of Thrones. It has many layers to it. So in a way, the Lord Varys principle, let's just call it that way, the interests of realm beyond the vicissitudes of um, personalistic politics and interdynastic competition, that principle, putting the realm, putting the crown as the primordial uh, reference point for political decision-making, even when it was very personally difficult, that was the sacrifice that Queen Elizabeth made over and over again. So even if, even if I'm not a fan of monarchies, even if I'm, uh, I'm a Republican by spirit, uh, I must say, I mean, and even if I'm very critical of the British Empire's uh, legacy across the world, horrible things they did in Africa, in the Middle East, in India, they did horrible things, even in Southeast Asia. I know it's a Filipinas, because we have such a negative view of Spain, Madre España, where of course I am currently. We tend to sanitize Britain and other uh, colonizers in our mind, but believe me, uh, <laughs> it's far more complicated than that, because we say, oh, look at Malaysia. Look at Singapore, they're British colonies, they're doing better than us, but uh, you're forgetting Pakistan, <laughs> you're forgetting India, you're forgetting Palestine, you're forgetting African countries, a lot of these places, you're forgetting Jamaica, right? Those are all British colonies. Philippines is doing much better than them, right? So, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So, despite all of that, despite the fact I'm no fan of royalties, I, I kind of always hated this kind of a gossip journalism of royalty this, royalties that, sobrang mababa para sa akin. But man, if you really pay attention to the legacy of Queen Elizabeth, there's so much to learn from her. Uh, yes, she was the stabilizer in chief. She was the moral compass of, these, of the realm. She was absolutely committed to her duties and obligations. Uh, and she got that from her father, uh, the late King George. I mean, incredible. Now, there's a, there's a scene in The Crown, again, sorry for the spoiler, when um, Philip, you know, Prince Philip, talks about how the family, right, what are they called, House of Windsor, Mountbatten, whatever, they're they're like two extremes, right? Like one side of their family are uh, kind of like a bicephalous, you know, like abusers. Like one side of the family are like the super responsible one and committed ones. Father George, Elizabeth, and I think William. William will be the next one who's very like that. So I'm actually quite confident about what happens next in UK, especially William downwards. I think she, he's a great father, husband, and I, I hope his kids will be fantastic, although I've seen all these cute uh, 
bratty pictures I saw the, but anyway um, but there there is a wild side also to their family right we saw that with Edward we saw that with some of the other British kings uh, from their line we saw that with Charles of course uh, in the past at least so which side of this was House of Windsor Mount Batten or how, how do you put it Basta, which side of this family will come out in the coming years or should come out in commerce is very important because if the bad side comes out then I'm even sure the future of the monarchy in UK is going to be under question and monarchies perhaps around the world because like they make monarchies look cool right in fact there was an estimate that the British monarchy like brings hundreds of millions uh, I'm sorry hundreds of billions of dollars in terms of branding revenues to United Kingdom right like it helps with tourism it has, but people are not looking at the moral, spiritual, and political stabilization role that she has. Oh, not to mention, of course, towards the end of her, uh, uh, you know, long reign, uh, Queen Elizabeth had to also deal with the Brexit situation, uh, the whole Boris Johnson mess, the whole Brexit uh, uh, negotiation failures, the whole back and forth between uh, the House of Commons and the Prime Minister over the terms of Brexit disagreements over the backdoor issue on North Ireland, Northern Ireland, all of those things, right? So on many occasions, there was pressure on her to intervene, but she constantly refused to politicize an already toxic situation, right? So in that sense, again, she, her dignified silence, her calculated passivity, let's call it that way, or inaction really became a stabilizing effect very interesting very very interesting of course yeah so anyway um yeah i mean some folks are talking about hong kong and all but again you cannot look at hong kong lang or singapore and malaysia and say oh britain was a good colonizer as i said go and look at india look at pakistan look at you know i'm saying like there's so many other countries hundreds of times bigger population than Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia who not doing very well, right? So let's not get there, okay? Egypt was also de facto colony of UK at some point, especially after the Sykes-Picot uh, agreement, well, actually even before that, uh, that kind of divided the Middle East between the French and the British. They did horrible things, the, the, the British Empire in the Middle East and all. Horrible things. I mean, no question about it. No fan of it. But anyway, I just, but, but for me, even if I came, come from that point of view, I have so much respect for Queen Elizabeth. So God bless her soul. And I just love this picture she had. That they used um, Time Magazine for her. Just this picture of just absolute majesty. And just like the... I mean, the, 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 the mystic of, the, of grandeur that she represents. I mean, look at this picture. I mean, look at it. The, the more I look at it, the more, like, you find new layers of... Right? I mean, it's just beautiful. I mean, look at that. So dignified, right? I mean, wow. I mean, how I wish more leaders, especially elected leaders, would act like that. Not the kind of clowns that are taking over democracies all around the world. Now, heading, uh, God willing, soon to another country that uh, looks like will be taken over by a bunch of clowns soon, right? <laughs> you will guess which country this is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Philippines. Tapos na elections. So, uh, 
but this country will have an election soon and based sa mga service na nakita ko like oh mama oh lala it's extreme left versus extreme right or kind of like basta extreme crazy demagogic parties could win ay pag-usapan natin soon yan ha. you can guess which country this is hi and when you watch The Crown or you read about bio- I mean you you check the biographies of Queen Elizabeth and I was like wow things have changed for the worst by far right back in the day we had to deal with bratty kings and monarchs now we have to deal with demagogic clownish populist nonsensical leaders right who are there for two three years make the mess go out and have their party kawawa tayo I really hope we have more adults like Queen Elizabeth to take over no she's one reason I have so much respect for female leaders I mean there are many reasons but she's one of the big reasons like sometimes I think if, if strong good women like her ruled the world probably would have been 10 times better I mean this bratty entitled demagogic men a lot of them bada bada completely incompetent you bang and down pera and all anybody na graduate gagawa pa ng fake, fake diploma ay nako uh, <laughs> natin to anyway thank you very much guys for for and I'm, I'm gonna head next I have to get moving thank you so much guys for for listening to us uh, thank you to uh, Tere to Vicky Chan to Noemi sorry again uh, Noemi yes Noemi Tablate uh, Senan Makalala thanks Mike Rosario Salvador, Mitch Tengcha as always, Arwin Rubio, Geoffrey Oy, Bevs Ibana, Fanny San Miguel, thank you so much, Roy Vargas, Emma Lagula, Mom Jocelyn as always, thank you so much ma'am, and Braff Pitt, thank you guys for joining us. It's always been a pleasure uh, being with you, and uh, hasta pronto, God willing. All right, talk to you guys soon, have a good day, and enjoy it. Right, I need to get moving na pala, dal natin dito, okay? Babosh. Adiós.